Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Lord, thank you for this grace to come into your presence again today. In your presence, Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at a right and our pleasures end forevermore. Enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving, the word of God says. So Lord, I come this morning with thanks. Thank you. Thank you for this grace of knowing you. Thank you for this privilege of serving you. Thank you for this grace to be able to worship you. Jesus, I give you glory this morning in the precious name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, this morning for the gift of life. Thank you, Lord God, for the gift of your mercies, for the gift of your grace, for the gift of blessings, Lord, in my life, for the gift of a family, Lord, for the gift of friends, for the gift of purpose. Lord, I say thank you this morning. Lord, be glorified. Lord, be exalted. This morning, Lord, I come worshiping. I worship you, Lord, because you are a faithful and a good God. Thank you, Lord, for keeping your word. Thank you, Lord, for our watching over them, preserving them in our lives. We give you all the praise. Once again, Lord, we have come into your presence, Lord, to read, to learn, and to be blessed in your presence. Lord, we have come to fellowship. We ask, Lord, this morning you will speak to us. Cause your word, Lord, to uh, resonate in our hearts. Let our hearts burn with desires for your word. And let your name alone be glorified, Father. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say good morning, good afternoon, good evening uh, to you, whatever time it is you are listening in to devotion. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our reading of the book of Second Chronicles. Yesterday we took four chapters, one to four, and we saw how Solomon built and furnished that the temple, this magnificent temple that he was building to God. And we did we did say that uh, in the New Testament we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside us. And it's, it's our duty to keep our temple holy for him. All right, today we uh, will take under four chapters, uh, chapters 5 through to uh, chapter 8. Uh, we will see Solomon build, bring the ark of God into the temple, uh, dedicate the temple. And then in chapter 8, we'll see some of the many achievements of Solomon. And in the end, we will ask ourselves, when did it all go wrong? Because remember, it took Solomon 20 years, yes, 20 years to build the temple. So even though he was a young man, and after that, probably got then got married, you know, to Pharaoh's daughter, you know, uh, in the 20 years when he was building the temple to the point when the temple was completed and dedicated, Solomon stayed faithful to God. And I'm hoping there are lessons to learn from that. 
All right, please get your Bibles. Let's read together Second Chronicles chapter 5 from verse 1. It says that Solomon, so Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasuries of the temple of God. Verse 2 says, Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the ark of the Lord's covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So, of course, we know already that David specially prepared uh, gave more than what was necessary to build the temple. And Solomon, yes, haven't been successful, especially militarily. The Bible says God gave him peace on every side. He won every battle. Okay, so uh, he, he had his own uh, gifts also. So when the temple was finished, uh, they even still had some of the gifts that David dedicated in order to keep in the temple. Okay, so next point, Solomon's tells the elders to bring the ark of God from Jerusalem into the temple or the city of David where it was was clapped in the tent there that David had built for it into the temple of God. So we see a clear difference between David and Solomon. In David's stead, David went to get the ark himself and he was dancing before the ark as it was brought into the city and then kept in that tent. Verse 3 says that so all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the annual festival of shelters which is held in early autumn. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the Levites picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up, <coughs> brought up the ark along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. Uh, there before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one uh, could keep count. Verse 7 says, Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubims. Verse 8, the cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not uh, from the outside. They are still there to this day. Verse 10 says that nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. And I'm telling you, God was intentional in making sure that there was nothing in the ark. If it was ever opened, you will know that God was not inside the ark. Okay? Yes. The presence of God could come could rest upon the ark, but God himself was not inside the ark. Very important. Okay? Um, and I'm sure God did this so that the children of Israel would not start worshipping the ark. So if you read through the Bible, there was never a time where the children of Israel tried to worship the ark because God was very deliberate. But you see, every other thing, hmm, 
many of them, even the bronze, the bronze statue that Moses made in the wilderness, you know, to to help them save them from snake bites, they worshipped. Okay, but this one, God was sh- made sure that no one. There was God was not there. It was just His presence. But I'm telling you, it was very, very, very powerful. Verse 11 says that then the priests had left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were uh, who were musicians, Asaph, Amon, and Jeduthun. You know these guys served with David during David's time, right? Yes. So Asaph, Amon. Iman and Jeduton, all and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lairs, and harp. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets cymbals and other instruments they raised their voices and praised the lord with these words he is good he is faithful love endures forever and i'm telling you god is good his faithful love endures forever at that moment the bible says a thick cloud filled the temple of the lord yes filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue that their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. And I'm telling you, wherever God is praised, ah yes, wherever God is glorified, his presence come into. Yes, in the New Testament, there is a slight dimension to this in that the Holy Spirit is already inside us. Okay, uh, but I'm still telling you that when you praise God, there is a dimension, uh, His manifest presence that you feel uh, beyond just the fact that He is inside you. Okay, so let's read Second Chronicles chapter 6. Uh, here Solomon begins to praise God as the priests are blowing the trumpet, playing the lyre and the cymbals. The Bible says from verse 1, Then Solomon prayed, O Lord, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. Hmm. That was what God told Moses. In the New Testament, it is, it is different. He has made himself clearly manifest. He is not long, he's no longer in a thick cloud. Yes, and that is why Jesus came. The Bible says that he is the express image of God. Okay, the clear representation of God. If you saw Jesus, if you look at Jesus, um, everything about him tells you who God is. But in the Old Testament, yes, Solomon says, uh, you have said that you would live in a thick cloud of darkness. So no one could really tell, yes, <laughs> about him. Verse 2 says that now I have built a glorious temple for you, a place where uh, you can live forever. Then uh, the king uh, turned around to the entire community of Israel standing before him and gave this blessing. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept the promise he made to my father David. For he told my father, uh, from the day I brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have never chosen a city among any of the tribe of Israel as the place where a temple should be built to honor my name, nor have I chosen a king to lead my people Israel. 
But now I have chosen Jerusalem as the place for my name to be honored, and I have chosen David to be king over my people Israel. Then Solomon said, My father David wanted to build this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord told him, You wanted to build the temple to honor my name. Your intention is good, but you are not the one to do it. One of your own sons will build the temple to honor me. And now the Lord has fulfilled the promise he made, for I have become king in my father's place, and now I sit on the throne of Israel, just as the Lord promised. I have built this temple to honor the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. And there I have placed the ark, which contains the covenant that the Lord made with the people of Israel. So I'm telling you, this would have been glorious. This would have been wonderful. Everybody is standing here in God's presence and they are looking on as Solomon you know, tells them about the wonderful thing that was happening today. Verse 12 says that then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the entire community of Israel and he lifted, yes, he lifted his hands in prayer. Now Solomon had made a bronze platform seven and a half feet long, seven and a half feet wide, and four and a half feet high, and had placed it at the center of the temples of the temple's outer court. He stood on the platform and then he knelt in front of the entire community of Israel and lifted his hands towards heaven. He prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in all of heaven and earth. Uh, you keep your covenant and show unfailing love to all who walk before you in all-hearted devotion. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. You made that promise with your own mouth and with your own hands you have fulfilled it today and now O Lord, God of Israel, carry out the additional promise you made to your servant David, my father. For you said to him, if your descendants guard their behavior and faithfully follow my law as you have done, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. Now, O Lord, God of Israel, fulfill this promise to your servant David. Uh, but will God really live on earth among people? Uh, why? Even the highest heaven, heavens cannot contain you, how much less at this temple I have built. Nevertheless, I listen to my prayer and my pleas. O Lord, my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is making to you. And I'm telling you, you just had to listen, you just had to listen to, uh, to Solomon to know that he had a relationship with God. Yes, his relationship with God was personal. He knew God for himself, just like David uh, knew God. Yes, David was exceptional, uh, but still it was clear that God, uh, yes, the God of Israel had been presented to Solomon. So it wasn't that Solomon did not know God or David had not taught him that much about God. And that was why he derailed. Okay, so we would later maybe speculate what could have happened, you know, what could have led, you know, to him turning his back on God, you know, in his old age. And I'm telling you, the same thing will happen, you know, um, for all the kings who come. You will see that they will start well, they will start in God and then fall away, you know. But Solomon was setting a precedent here. 
a precedent that I'm telling you I will go on to entrap so many kings, especially the kings of Judah. Remember, from now we are only focusing on the kings of Judah, not bothered about the kings of 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 Israel. Yes, that's what the book of Chronicles does. Verse 26: May you may you watch over this temple day and night at this place where you have said you would put your name. May you always hear the prayers I make towards this place. May you hear the humble and earnest request from me and your people Israel when we pray towards this place. Yes, hear us from heaven where you live and when you hear, forgive. If someone wrongs another person and is required to take an oath of innocence in front of your altar at this temple, then hear from heaven and judge between your servants and accuse between your servants the accusers the accuser and the accused pay back the guilty as they deserve and acquit the innocent because of their innocence if your people israel are defeated by their enemies are because they have sinned against you and if they turn back and acknowledge your name and pray to you here in this temple then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people israel and return them to this land you gave to them and to their ancestors okay so you will understand that why even today yes if you go to the nation of israel they still pray towards this temple even though the temple you know um, is currently destroyed they still pray towards this temple because they still hold to these words that solomon was praying on this day he says return them to this land yes i'm sure you would have heard about the wailing wall you know the wall you know uh, where people go pray in israel you know put in their prayers there and ask God. And, and I'm telling you, you will still see the fulfillment, the rebuilding of the temple as before the Antichrist come. He says, I return them to this land, you know, um, that you have given, uh, that you gave to them and to their ancestors. 26 says that if the skies are shut up and there is no rain because your people have sinned against you and if they pray towards this temple and acknowledge your name and turn from their sins because you have punished them, then hear from heaven and forgive the sins of your of your servants, your people Israel. Teach them to follow the right path and send rain on your land that you have given to your people as their special possession. If there is a famine in the land or a plague or crop disease or attack of locusts or caterpillar, or if your people's enemies are in the land besieging their towns, whatever disaster or disease there is, and if your people Israel pray about their troubles or sorrows, are raising their hand towards this temple, then hear from heaven where you live and forgive. Give your people what their actions deserve, for you alone know each human heart. Then they will fear you and walk in your ways as long as they live in the land you gave to our ancestors. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant land. And I'm telling you, people are doing it even today. Since they will come from distant land, when they hear of your great name, 
and and your strong hand and your powerful hand and when they pray towards this temple then hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you in this way all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you uh, just as your own people Israel do they too uh, will know that this temple I have built honors your name if your people go out where you send them to fight their enemies and if they pray to you by turning towards this this city you have chosen and towards this temple I have built to honor your name then hear their prayers from heaven and uphold their cause yes as long as they pray though towards this temple God fights for them it says if they sin against you and who has never sinned you might uh, become angry with them and let the enemies conquer them and take them captive to a foreign land far away or near but in that land of exile they might turn to you in repentance and pray we have sinned done evil and acted wickedly if they turn to you with their whole heart and soul in the land of their captivity and pray towards the land you gave to their ancestors towards the city you have chosen and towards this temple I have built to honor your name then hear their prayers and their petition from heaven where you live and uphold their cause forgive your people who have sinned against you so you see right there even Solomon knew that God wasn't coming to live in that place so yes the presence of God could come but heaven was still God's throne verse 40 says oh my God may your eyes be open and your ears attentive to all the prayers made to you in this place and now arise O Lord God and enter your resting place along with the ark the symbol of your power may your priest O Lord God be clothed with salvation may your loyal servant rejoice in your goodness O Lord God do not reject the king you have anointed remember uh, your unfailing love for your servant David and I'm telling you hmm, hmm. God answers these prayers yes I'm telling you um, that as the ark of God enters that temple, the power, the presence of God entered it. I, it was it was glorious. The Bible says it was so powerful, it was so thick. You know, no, the priests themselves could not stand. And whenever people prayed towards the temple, God answered. So God did His part. But in time, you know, Solomon will fail His part. My pastor will always say that whenever it comes to covenant, God will never break His side. If the covenant will ever fail, it will come from man's side I'm telling you alright let's read chapter 7 chapter 7 says uh, when Solomon finished praying fire flashed down from heaven and burnt up the burnt, of, the burnt offerings and sacrifices and the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple remember this is the second time that fire is flashing down right on this same spot this is the threshing floor of Aaron at the Jebusite this is the site of the temple also so fire flashes down and the glorious presence of the Lord the Bible says filled the temple the priest could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord filled it when all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord saying he is good he is his faithful love endures forever and I'm telling you obviously there was a great revival the people can see God's power for themselves not that anyone told them and I'm telling you when people taste God's power like this naturally it provokes them and it encourages them 
towards a revival you know towards in into god and i'm thinking yes in this time it's the same thing but where did it all go wrong strong questions we will need to answer it says verse 4 then the king and all the people offer sacrifices to the lord king solomon offered a sacrifice of twenty-two thousand cattle wow 120,000 sheep and goats and so the king and all the people dedicated the temple of god the priests uh, took their assigned positions and so did the levites who were singing his faithful love endures forever they accompanied the singing with music from the instrument king david had made for praising the lord across from the levite the priests blew the trumpets while all israel uh, stood <laughs> are you not glad that <laughs> when we come into the presence of god today we don't have to come with sacrifices <laughs> as a pastor sometimes i just imagine it if people had to still bring their cows and their rams and their lambs you know to church ah to have been bloody yes to that this actually this day was bloody yeah ah 120,000 wow that's a lot 22,000 wow Okay, so, but thank God that Jesus accomplished it once and for all by his perfect sacrifice on that cross. Today, we don't need to bring any cow. Eh? <clears throat> Enter into the presence of God in the name of Jesus. Your, that's your sacrifice. Your worship is perfect before God. Verse 7 says, Solomon then consecrated the central area of the courtyard in front of the Lord's temple. He offered burnt offerings and the fat of peace offerings there uh, because the uh, the bronze altar, uh, altar he had built could not hold all the burnt offerings, grain offerings, and sacrificial fat. For the next seven days, Solomon and all Israel celebrated the festival of shelters. A large congregation had gathered are from as far away as Lebo, Lebo Hamat in the north and the brook of Egypt in the south. On the eighth day, uh, they, ha- they had a closing ceremony, for they had celebrated the dedication of the altar for seven days and the festival of shelters for seven days. Then at the end of the celebration, Solomon sent the people home. They were all joyful and glad because the Lord had been so good to David and to Solomon, uh, to, so good to David and to Solomon and to his people Israel. So very wonderful. Everyone is excited. 11. So Solomon finished the temple of the Lord as well as the royal palace. He completed everything he had planned to do in the construction of the temple and the palace. Then one night uh, the Lord appeared to Solomon and said, I have heard your prayers and have chosen this temple as the place for making sacrifices. At times I might shut up the heavens so that no rain falls or command grasshoppers to devour your crops or send plagues among you then if my people who are called by my name i'm sure everyone everyone knows this verse it says then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways god says i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their lands yes uh, yes it was because of what solomon have done in in being faithful and devoted to to our god god said i will hear from heaven and 
will forgive their sins and restore their land. Said, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored uh, forever. I will also watch over it, for it is uh, there to my heart. As for you, if you faithfully follow me as David your father, father did, obeying all my commands, decrees, and regulations, then I will establish the throne of your dynasty. For I made this covenant with your father David when I said one of your descendants will always rule over Israel. But if you or your descendants abandon me and disobey the decrees and commands I have given you, and if you serve and worship other gods, then I will uproot the people from this land that I have given them. I will reject this temple that I have made holy to honor my name. I will make it an object of mockery and ridicule among the nations. And though this temple is impressive now, all who pass by will be appalled. They will ask, why did the Lord do such terrible things uh, to this land and to this temple? And the answer will be, because his people abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who brought them out of out of Egypt, and they worshipped other gods instead and bowed down to them. That is why he has brought all this disaster on them. And yes, you know, like I said, we are reading the story. We know what happens. God wants Solomon because yes, it was going to happen. They were going to abandon God eventually and the temple will become a mockery. You just have to see pictures of the magnificent of the, of what the temple looked like, the temple that Solomon built and then go to Israel today and you will see, yes, mockery yeah the difference is is quite stark it's quite stark okay so god tells them as long as my people are faithful to follow me i will hear them and it is still the same today as long as the people of god keep their focus on him they worship him god honors his word all right let's conclude this today by reading chapter 8 okay we see some of the achievements of solomon he says it took solomon 20 years to build the lord's temple and his own royal palace at the end of that time solomon turned his attention to rebuilding the towns that king iram had given him and he settled israelites in them solomon also fought against the town of of Amat Zoba and conquered it. He rebuilt Tadmor in the wilderness and built towns in the region of Amat as, as supply centers. He fortified the towns of Upper Beth Oron and Lower Beth Oron, rebuilding their walls and installing barred gates. He also rebuilt Bahalat and other supply centers and constructed towns where his chariots and horses could be stationed. Yes, we used, they used to call them the chariot cities. He built everything he desired in Jerusalem and Lebanon and throughout his entire realm. Uh, there were still some people living in the land who were not Israelites, including the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Evites, and Jebusites. Uh, these were descendants of the nations whom the people of Israel had not destroyed. So Solomon conscripted them for his labor force, force, and they served as forced labor to this day. But Solomon did not conscript any of the Israelites for his labor force. Instead, he assigned them to serve as fighting men, officers in his army, commanders of his chariots and charioters. King Solomon appointed 250 of them 
to supervise the people. 11 says Solomon moved his wife, Pharaoh's daughter, from the city of David to the new palace he had built for her. He said, My wife must not live in the king, in King David's palace, for the ark of the Lord has been there. It is a holy, a holy ground. So we see that the first wife Solomon marries uh, is Pharaoh's daughter. Then Solomon presented burnt offering to the Lord on the altar he had built for him in front of the of the entry room of the temple. He offered the sacri- he offered the sac the sacrifices for the Sabbath, the new moon, the new moon festival, and the three annual festival, the Passover celebration, the festival of harvest, and the festival of shelters, as Moses had commanded. In assigning the priests to their duties, Solomon followed the regulation of his father David. He also assigned the Levites to lead the people in praise and to assist the priests in their daily duties and he assigned the gatekeepers to their gates by their division following the commands of David the man of God. Solomon did not deviate in any way from David's command concerning the priests and Levites and the treasuries and I'm telling you it is important to take note of of verse 15. Let's read it again. It says Solomon did not deviate in any way from David's commands concerning the priests and Levites and the treasuries. He did not deviate from in any way. So when, when, where did it all go wrong? Because he did not deviate in any way from David's command, you know, especially concerning the priests and the Levites. So it then meant he continued to follow God's instruction when it comes to worship. Verse 16 says, Solomon made sure that all the work related to building the temple of the Lord was carried out from the day its foundation was laid to the day of its completion. 17 later, Solomon went to Ezion Geba and Elaf. Elaf along the shore of the Red Sea in the land of Edom. Iram sent its ships commanded by his own officers and manned by experienced crew of sailors. These ships sailed to Ophir with Solomon's men and brought back to Solomon almost 17 tons of gold. Wow. Alright, so that is where we will stop today. Lessons to learn we don't know where it went wrong for Solomon, but something did happen, especially the Bible. We know that eventually he begins to marry many wives, and those women will turn his heart against God. But in the beginning of Solomon's time, Solomon was faithful to God. As long as he built that temple, he was, he was focused on God. And I think that is a lesson we can take here, right? As long as you focus on keeping this temple holy to God, consecrated to God. I'm telling you, you will be focused in your work with God. Second lesson, uh, as Solomon praised God, the Bible says the glory of God, the presence of God filled that temple. And I think we can learn from that. Okay, so whenever we are faced with challenges, whenever we are confronted with situation, instead of complaining, my charge this morning is praise the Lord. When you praise God, His presence will come. It will fill your temple. And when the presence of God comes, I'm telling you, every situation will bow. I declare situations bow before you. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. You enjoy success like never before in the name of Jesus. I pray for you in everything. Because of the presence of God, you will succeed in the name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.